Welcome to Pastor Matters, the podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We hope this conversation will both equip and encourage you to lead healthy churches that make disciples for the glory of God. I'm Brandon Ward. And I'm Ron Jorloff. We want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. Today, Ron Jor and I will be joined by Cody Evans to discuss pastors and replanting. Cody Evans serves as the pastor of Preaching and Vision at Covenant Hope Church in Youngsville, North Carolina. Cody also serves as the assistant director of the Prisons Program at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. Brother, thank you so much for taking some time to join our conversation today. Yeah, thanks, guys. I'm super excited and thankful for you and y'all's work here in the center and excited just to join in a conversation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, let's jump right in. I'm going to ask, before we ask any specific questions, if you could just take some time uh, to share with us a little bit about your story. How did Covenant Hope get to where it's at today? Yeah, so uh, Covenant Hope is a a three-and-a-half-year-old replant, and we, uh, we started that journey in January of 2018. And the church before that had reached out to the Pillar Network, which is a church planting network, and had said, we need help. We're not sure what to do. And this was actually after about a year of working with the state convention and, so, and another church that had kind of fallen through. And they said, we need help. The church had had a vital ministry, was in the Raleigh Baptist Association for a long time, You know, was, uh, had won awards, like they had had a long legacy of ministry, but were really struggling. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, had split a couple times over the past 15 years, and they just said, we need help. And so I was working for Pastor Dwayne at Open Door Church down in Raleigh, and he came to me and said, hey, do you want to you go try to help replant this church, revitalize this church? And I was like, uh, maybe. And he said, all right, you're going. That's kind of how that's kind of the conversation goes with Pastor Dwayne. So uh, in that process, we, we met the church. I uh, uh, began preaching after they voted. This was a vote to come alongside of the Pillar Network, and the network said, "Hey, we're going to send Cody and his wife, and we're going to, you know, we're going to build a team and and try to try to try to build things back up." And so the Lord was super gracious, uh, and in those first few months, the Lord began to bring people uh, that we didn't expect. There were people that we asked to come that said no in the Lord's providence, and uh, but He brought the people that we we needed. And so over those first few months, we, we were getting to know folks. We were loving on them. We were, we were out to dinner, having people in our home. And as the Lord kept bringing people, it was, uh, we were working towards a vote. So not only did we vote to partner with the network, we had to vote again to totally replant everything. And so as we got there, we were trying to figure out what needs to happen. And we, you know, through prayer and talking and, and gathering some folks around, we decided we, the th- we need to start from scratch. And uh, so we voted in July of 2018 to totally replant, uh, overwhelmingly to replant everything, change the name, new leadership structure, new constitution bylaws, everything, mm. and new mission and vision. And the church overwhelmingly did that. And so uh, the Lord was, there was, uh, I think, right around 20-some folks uh, that covenant together on that first uh, Sunday. And we've been pushing forward ever since. So uh, even through COVID, the Lord's been gracious, and we've grown. And at the end of the day, the Lord we've seen the Lord save people. We've got to baptize people. Like, the Lord's been working. And I, at the end of the day, it's not me. It's not our other pastor. It's not. It's just the Lord working in small ways. Hmm. Uh, slow process. Uh, we, we have grown. COVID has actually helped us grow in some ways. And uh, 
you know, we're thankful for that. But it's also, you know, turning the turning a culture towards uh, on mission evangelism and discipleship. And so we're thankful and excited about where we are uh, in 2021 after COVID, right? Or, you know, maybe even still during COVID. So we, uh, the Lord has been super gracious to us. Mm-hmm. That's a good story. We, we're so grateful for what God's doing in your church. Now, you've got some folks who, uh, who are a bit confused when it comes to the terminology. So we talk replanting, we talk revitalizing. Um, is there a difference between those two terms? And if so, what, what, what is the difference? Yeah, so people are going to disagree on this. Uh, folks will. I think there's a difference between revitalize and replanting. I think revitalize can probably be the big umbrella at some point, uh, but revitalization is not the same as replanting. So we have friends and brothers who are who are revitalized in the church who have come in and slowly working to uh, change the culture. That could take two, three, four, five, ten years. Replanting is to say, all right, look, there's there's enough here that we have. We need to stop. We need to stop everything, and we need to restart it. And so when I'm explaining it to folks, I, the, the difference I would say is we we actually stopped ministry, and then we restarted. And so a lot of people actually, okay, that makes sense. So even uh, that first year in 2018, that summer before we voted, we stopped everything except gathering on Sunday morning, and we really weren't even worshiping. We were walking through our, const- our new constitution bylaws. We were working, walking through the Book of Titus. Teaching through that wasn't mean to have elders, wasn't mean to, to be congregationally uh, accountable, all those things. So we said we're going to stop it all, and then we're going to restart. I would say the difference between and revitalizing is working in the, the current structure to have the culture change. Mm-hmm. That's really mm-hmm. helpful, really helpful distinctions. Uh, what are some of the biggest challenges uh, when it comes to replanting a church, especially one that I think you said started kind of more in a rural context but now is more in a suburban context? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing we learned up front was expectations matter greatly, uh, mm-hmm. especially when I was the, the the pillar network was in some way this was the first time they ever did this. They they were actually the governing body that was going to partner with the church. It wasn't that I showed up and said we're going to do this. It was the pillar network saying, "Hey, you want help? We're going to facilitate that help." Mm-hmm. And and in some ways, the network wanted to to be the the shock absorbers uh, for for me and my wife, because they know that that replanting and revitalization is hard. And we didn't know we were going to replant. We didn't know that going in. So the expectation on the front end were different than what actually happened. And there were expectations I wasn't even aware of until six months in. And so just being up front with folks, like, hey, this is what it may take. This is what we mean by this. When we talk about we might rename the church. We may we may stop everything. You may or may not be involved. Like the, having serious, bold conversations and and just laying the expectations out, I think are really important. Now, as I've said, the Lord was super gracious, and we made lots of mistakes, and He was faithful to overcome those. Uh, but there were there were things that, just laying out the expectations of what we think should happen. And I, and I was afraid, if I'm being real, I was afraid to fail and and trying to 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 hold both groups together and try to make sure that those expectations were met kind of behind the scenes. And that just gets really, really difficult uh, when you're trying to change stuff. So that was probably the biggest thing. And I think just being up front with folks when it comes to replanting and revitalization, this is what we're, this is what we need to do. And uh, I didn't have that conversation soon enough, I think was probably part of the problem. Now, I know you have another pastor. Mm-hmm. How, how, how helpful was that? Uh, uh, unbelievable. I can't even express what that means. So when we 
Uh, Pastor Ryan and his wife Megan, uh, they we didn't know each other at Open Door. They came from Open Door. Uh, we knew of each other, but we didn't know each other. And uh, he called me, want to have lunch. We had lunch, and and then they start coming. He never once asked me to be a pastor, not one time. I just said, hey, I, I need, I want you, I want to meet with you. There were a couple other guys that we started to meet with. So how do we do this? And pretty soon, it was very clear that he he needs to be one of our pastors at mm-hmm. the church. And so. Through that change, I announced, "Hey, when we vote to to replant, he's going to be one, he, we're going to be voting on on us as as." So pastors. he was in the the picture kind of from the get go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was only a few weeks in that you know he called me, and um, having having him uh, was I, I really can't describe it. There were times that we would leave frustrated, disappointed, uh, you know, upset about how maybe this decision didn't go the way we thought it should go, or we try to do something that actually backfired. Or like we made a bad decision, and he was just there to to really just even before he was was one of the pastors, just helping shepherd me in a lot of ways. And that's what I prayed for, to be honest with you. Being young, um, you know, Ryan's you know got a few years on me and just able to really kind of shepherd me. And so like being able to share this burden is unbelievable. And we we talk about it all the time because we have brothers who are pastoring and planting in hard places. And the Lord has just given us a sweet friendship that that I probably think's unique, and super thankful for it. Like we, I, I could I couldn't do what I've done over the last two years, especially through COVID, without him. I probably would have pulled my hair out by now. Mm-hmm. And so, just super thankful uh, for that. And if you're going to replant, obviously it's a conviction of mine to be uh, to be have a plurality of pastors. But if you're going to do this, you need people around you, and you need people around you that are going to help, but also challenge you in those situations too. It's a good word. Yeah, and I'm sure not only having them. Uh, there to shoulder the load and so on, but it also helps uh, to guard your own heart. I mean, you think about coming in, we're talking replanting, uh, you know, we're going to take this church that's declining and so on. We're going to, you know, do what we can to help uh, turn things around, you know, uh, and, and, and all of that. It can be very, very easy for that to get to your head, right? Uh, it can be easy for, for you to do that. And, um, and, and once you start seeing growth once you start seeing buds on the branches and so on uh, to start thinking well you know before i was here things were declining since i've been here things are turning around i must be pretty good you know but when you have a team of folks that are around you obviously can't get the credit for it Uh, it's all of us working together you know by god's grace and and in the power of his holy spirit uh, as he builds his church and and accomplishes his purposes there, so yeah, there there's a lot when it comes to um, having a team of leaders uh, that that really helps to keep your pride uh, in check as well. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, we probably most of us, if you're listening, have have been listening to the rise and fall of Mars Hill. A prayer of mine was that there would be that the Lord would provide somebody that is not afraid of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, my title is a title, not you know, not because I wanted to be fancy, but because I need. I, I'm not the guy. I'm not the guy doing this stuff. Like the Lord is the one working through, and and Pastor Ryan, like he's just been phenomenal and helping me love Jesus better, and also absolutely shouldering that load, but but really helping me be a, be a better husband, father, somebody that really loves Jesus. Mm-hmm. So super thankful for that. And I, I do want to say this. You know, you, you asked the question about. Uh, going from a little rural area to suburbish, and uh, the church was was established in 1810. Wow! So it's old, 
and that had changed. It should change denominations over the years. Uh, they saw their growth in the early, uh, mid-70s and 80s, and uh, they then switched to, to Southern Baptist at that point. And at that point, it, the church was on a dirt road, and they, they told the pastor at that point, uh, who, was, who seems to be, uh, from all accounts, a very faithful pastor, they said, you'll never be able to grow that church on that dirt road, and he sure did. And uh, that, you know, so that's the context that a lot of our folks that were, were there had this idea of what ministry looked like, had this idea of like how, how we can reach the community, and all that had changed. You know, we, since I, so within the first six months, the, the, the area, they built four new neighborhoods, mm. literally around the church. Down mm. the road, just two miles down the road, they're, they're adding 300 houses to a neighborhood. And so it's, Raleigh's finally pushing north. Mm. We, we've right. all seen the growth. It's finally pushing north, and Wake Forest Youngsville is just eating all that up. And so um, there are folks all around the church now. But, but something that's difficult, um, an opportunity is that there's no gathering place on our side of US-1. And so we're trying to figure out how do we do that. So we've done family movie nights, which, which has been a, a fairly good thing that we've been able to have folks from our community be at. But we're trying to – where's a gathering place for us just to love our community, not even just like, yes, we want to share the gospel, but like how do we just get people in this area to actually just love yeah. um, each other and get to know each other? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I've seen those those uh, movie nights, you know, get food trucks out and, and all of yeah. that. It seems like a great way to reach the, the community. Yeah, so we have a food truck. We, we post a – you know the movie that we're going to show and um we we facebook sponsor that and so the lord's been really kind mm-hmm. um just to meet we have different folks about every other you know when we have that every time we have one we have different folks that are coming that we just get to introduce ourselves we ask our folks hey even if you don't like kids movies just come buy a burger get a taco whatever you know that's at the truck and just meet people mm-hmm. just love on them and and try to connect with them yeah so yeah it kind of leads to the next question i had uh you, you know you've when you're replanting a church, uh, you're not just adding people to the group and saying, you know, all right, let's 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 keep doing what we're doing. You're really instilling a new culture. Uh, as you're doing that, um, well, maybe the better question is, how do you do that? <laughs> like, how do you how do you shape a a culture in a church? I mean, they've had one that they've had. Uh, for several years, like you said, uh, going back to the 1800s, uh, they've had this identity, and it's they've had different denominational identities, but uh, but but they've had an identity as a church. And now, as you're replanting, you're really resetting the identity and the culture of this church. So how how do you do that, um, and and how do you do that well? We'll see if I if we're doing it well. The time <laughs> is still to, to will give us that uh, response, but. At the end of the day, here are some things we did that I think were helpful, uh, that, that I think at least could, if you th- consider it in someone else's context. Obviously, we're gonna pre- we started preaching through the Bible. Like We started preaching through books of the Bible, uh, and you're obviously, as expositional, we're not going to go away from that. And I think that that was really important for us, that we're, we're going we're gonna to teach and preach from the Bible, and uh, we want you to understand God's Word and apply it in your own, in your own lives. And so that was where we started. Second thing, talking about the culture, like we were dealing with, we had, you know, conflicting of ideas of where we wanted to be. And the church um, 
had had been in this idea of hey come and see which we need that but but the, there was no focus towards the outside and that was clear and so I just started talking about I just started saying things like this church has had had a 200 year ministry of being faithful here what about in 200 years can we have church plants and pastors and missionaries and leaders just sent across the world. So instead of, for us, instead of having the epicenter of ministry at the, at the, the campus, let's now turn, let's turn the, the focus, attention, and out. Mm-hmm. Let's see, in 200 years, when I'm long, you know, long gone and dead, how many church plants, how many pastors have we raised up? How many missionaries have we sent? How many families have we restored? How many people freed from addiction? Like, try to talk about how, do, how can we do that and so turning the focus from the inside to the, to the outside. And that was something that I think people started to see, hey, no, this is not about us. This is not about filling this room up. This is not about those kinds of, of numbers. But let's let's do what the Lord has called us. And so we, we held up, obviously, God's word, and we held up the, the great commission and the great commandment. We said this is the kind of people that we want to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that I would say those two things were, were really important for us and there, there was this idea and this image that i think pastor ryan told it to me one time of when we're changing a culture we have to hold the expectation out this is who we're going to be and we need to set it high because if we don't it's just easier and easier for to pull that expectation down mm-hmm. and so we begin to have the conversation how far in front can we be with the last person in the back and we have to keep an eye on this is the last person in the back that we're trying to bring along. But also we have people who are ready to go. Mm-hmm. And we can't we we've had conver- and we haven't had that conversation as much in the last year or so because we feel like, all right, now we're we're actually pushing all in the same direction. Right. But for a long time it was our right, who who are folks that we still need to shepherd and still need to love and still need to bring along? And then how but how far can we be out in front? And if we get too far out in front, we're going to lose those people. Mm-hmm. And we try to really, right, let's bring everybody along. Let's do this slow, but also hold the expectation out where it needs to be held. Those are probably the three things that, that we've tried to do that we, we I believe, that have, have been helpful. Mm-hmm. That's good. So you've shared a lot of different things, you know, from, from Pastor Ryan to just uh, the way that y'all have engaged the community to the church growing, even in a difficult season of the pandemic and, and covid but what's been one of the biggest encouragements that you've seen since you've been uh, at Covenant Hope? There's a couple things. Uh, the first encouragement was the first time that someone professed faith mm-hmm. um, because of the Lord using us. And I can, I, I can remember the story. And uh, we, the, about a week and a half before, we were gathering uh, as a missional community um, on a Wednesday night in downtown Youngsville. And we just prayed that night that God would save somebody. I mean, we like we really just cried out to the Lord and said, God, we need you to save somebody. And like we need to know that we're we're trying, we're doing the best way. Like we and we just prayed. And about a week later, we get a phone call. Um, hey, there's somebody in need, actually right across the church. And uh, there's some health issues going on and they, need their, they, they take care of their yard, but they're not able to do that right now. And so would you know anybody that could help? And we were like, yeah, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go rake their leaves. And we didn't know what we signed up for. Uh, but there, there were so many trees and so many <laughs> leaves. But we worked and we worked. Um, and 
we were able, we have missional communities because we want them to be outward facing. And so, yes, we're building community, but we're actually trying to put that, you know, put the hands and feet of Jesus out there. And so we had enough people to serve, but then also engage this couple who were there, who were struggling, having a hardship. And we were able to share the gospel with them, multiple, multiple people at multiple times. And they were just amazed at like, why, why are you doing this? And we, we got to tell them, like, because you, God loves you and we love you. They had actually had a pretty difficult experience from the church. Literally, I can throw a baseball from the pulpit to their house. I'm not. I'm not exaggerating. They'd had a difficult experience, not a, not a terrible one, but a difficult one. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- this guy was 70 years old and mm-hmm. didn't know Jesus. And after that, after we raked their leaves, uh, about a week later, he he calls Pastor Ryan and says, "Hey, I want to come to the church." Okay, great. They start coming, and uh, his wife. Uh, her grandfather had had been a, had been a Baptist preacher, hmm. and had another had had also had a difficult circumstance. She she had just not been involved. Mm-hmm. And over those t- couple weeks, uh, he he comes up to me one Sunday and was like, "Hey, I have no idea what you're saying on Sunday mornings. Can you read the Bible with me?" And I was like, uh, oh, wow. "Yeah, absolutely." So <laughs> uh, we just start reading the Bible together, and uh, I take I take another young guy and we just start reading together. And about a month in, he starts using phrases like following Jesus, like I'm, you know, I'm battling this sin. I'm like he starts using phrases. I'm like, what what do you mean by that? And he and so he was I was like, Ken, I th- I think you are following Jesus. And he was like, Yeah, I, I think I am. And I was like, what does that mean? And so he, he just shares that Jesus had died for his sin, that he had placed his trust in him. And I was just like, You're a believer. Like mm. and no one like actually led him in a you know a prayer like at a time. Like he, the Lord's Spirit was just super gracious to us in that, and he and he was like, "Yeah, I'm following Jesus." I mean, he was just excited, <laughs> and uh, they're they're faithful members at our church now. That wow. he professed faith, and what's even actually even cooler about this is we, um, so there a t- some time had passed. We you know we celebrated his salvation, and he comes to me and says, "I think I need to be baptized." And I'm like, "Yeah, you do," and uh, he's. He's like, okay, but I got a request because so their house is there across the street. They got it. They got a pool. He said, "What do you?" He's like, "What do you think about? Can we just have a party with my baptism? Like, invite my lost friends?" And I'm like, "Yes, 100. <laughs> percent We can do that." And so he's just he's excited. And well, so what we do one Sunday, we we worship. We walk across the road. He taught me and Pastor Ryan how to do Philly cheesesteaks because he's from from Philly and we make Philly cheesesteaks the kids are swimming we baptize him and another another young girl in his pool with everybody standing mm-hmm. around it's an it's above ground pool I mean just a sweet time and we sang together I mean it was beautiful that's probably wow. the the most encouraging story that we've that we've had um COVID has kept them away a little bit but they just they love on us and that you can see God's grace in Christ in their life just uh, what he's done, and uh, that's been really sweet. So that story has been one. But also, I told our church yesterday. Uh, I pr- was uh, we're preaching through Ephesians, uh, f- chapter four, one through six. Mm-hmm. I told them, I said, I'm really encouraged that we're unified. That we've not, like, we, no one has left in this season to say that no one has left because of COVID is all the Lord. It's not right. because I said the right thing or whatever. Because there were folks that were frustrated by the decisions we made. But we just explain like this: we're trying to do the best we can to protect people, love people, mm-hmm. do what we're asked to do. And I just told the church, I'm super thankful that that we're unified in these things. A hard political season, COVID, 
And yes, we I said we have different beliefs and different opinions on this stuff. Uh, we have a number of them, but we've been unified in Christ, and I'm super thankful mm-hmm. for that. And I know that's not that's not at least normal right now in, in our time and place. So the Lord's grace and salvation, but also in unity, has been really good for us. Mm-hmm. Man, that's so encouraging. So encouraging to hear what God's doing there, and uh, even how God is raising up. Uh, believers even across the street uh, for his name and for his glory. Praise God. Now, uh, I'm sure there are some folks who are listening to this, and and perhaps God has laid on their hearts uh, to to be about that work, you know, the work of replanting. what advice would you would you give them? What encouragement would you give them? Maybe even some things that you that, that you've noticed in the in the time that you've been in in this uh, in this work, uh, where you may say, "Don't go there, <laughs> don't do that." Uh, I went down that road, and yeah, that's a dead end. Don't go there. But but how can you encourage? What advice? Uh, you know, things where you say, "Hey, you know, stick to this. Don't you know? Maybe maybe move away from that." You know. Yeah. What would you say to someone that's that's aspiring uh, to this this kind of work? If someone's aspiring to the work, I think that they first need to they need to be serving in their local church, mm-hmm. and I think that they need to let their pastors know, like, hey, I'm I'm actually really considering this. Can you help me? And I think that's the first and right step. And what what we need is in, in this situation, we need folks who understand a healthy church. What does it actually mean to be a healthy church? Because we don't need to take an unhealthy context culture and then try to, to replant that. Right. Right? That's not what we need. So we need folks in healthy churches and serving alongside of those. I think that, and what I'm just seeing here at the seminary and, you know, with with even with our guys that we're trying to raise up, uh, under, like when I say serve and, 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 and actually start helping in, a, in this context, it's difficult. There are long hours. Like this is not just something we get to like block off time and say, you know, this is this is it. No, like you get called at three in the morning and someone's in the hospital because you have you have both. You you have an existing church and you have folks that you're trying to like. You have to be able to just go, mm-hmm. and not that you don't protect your family time. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that there are times where you got to go. And so learning like this is what ministry looks like. Instead of jumping straight in, I think that's really helpful. And I, and I had that opportunity to open door where I was I, I did the internship, but then I worked for Pastor Wayne, and I saw what was needed and what had to take place in pastoring and shepherding folks. And so I would say, one, you need to be in a healthy church. Two, you need to let your pastors know, and then just serve. Like actually be there, involved. When the doors are open, identify needs and go meet them. And I think that's where I would start. Now, I don't think, uh, you know, let's say you're on a search, you're, you've been asked by a search committee to interview, and you just, we're going we're gonna to replant. I'm not sure I would do that. I don't think that's super helpful. Now, if you want to be up front and talk about, hey, there's some change that needs to take place, I definitely think you, you could do that. But I think it, you need to, that conversation is one that need, you need to, to be very bold, but also be very um, kind in. Like, it's, it's not something you can just hit people with. Like, you need to be up front, but also be, gracious towards folks. So I think at the end of the day, if, if I was going to tr- try to do this again, which I don't want to, um, like I want I, because I want to be at Covenant Hope, I, I, I want to, I, what I would want is I would want there to be people alongside that process. Mm-hmm. Um, having the network alongside of us was, was invaluable. Like there was, you know, when we had issues, when there were questions I didn't know the answers to, just having people around 
that was really important. I, I would encourage you not to do this by yourself. Just don't don't do that. Uh, you at least need a team of people, and you, then you probably need a network of folks. Whether that, that could be ten ten churches, it could be five, it could be a hundred. I'm not. It just needs to be folks that are behind you to encourage you because mm-hmm. there were times where we didn't know the answer. There were times that that we messed up. That I, there were times that I had had done something wrong that I had to go and apologize for. And if I didn't have the people around me, I don't know if I would have actually gone and done that. And so I would definitely say you need folks around you. Don't do this on your own. Now, two, you know, some practical things. I would understand. I would I would would read. Mark Clifton has some some great resources on replanting. There's some other folks that are talking about replanting. I think you, you need to actually understand the, the world that we're talking about. In North Carolina alone, there are 4, 000, over 4,000 Southern Baptist churches. It's the most churches in the convention. 90% of our churches in the state are plateaued or declining. We need more replanters. Like, that's not a question that can be debated at this point. We need more replanters. But you need to understand the conversation that's going on. You need to you need to be hearing from folks. You need to experience it. You need to serve. And that, I think those are, are the tangible ways that I would say, hey, just get involved. And I want you, like, I want people to know there are guys that, that we're involved with as well. Like, we want to help, especially in North Carolina. Like, we want to be a part of the solution to help churches get back on mission, be healthy, hold the gospel tightly, and see people come to mm-hmm. faith and disciple them. We want to be a part of that solution. And there are some other churches, actually, are, that we're involved with that want to see that, too. And so um, if you're like, I don't know what to do right now. I want to do this, but I don't know. Just reach out. Reach out to the Pillar Network. Reach out to NAM. Reach out to folks who are already doing it and say, hey, how can I be involved? And we we want to help facilitate that. We want to be a part of the solution. So uh, those, at the end of the day, I think are some things that I would do. And I would pray uh, a lot. Uh, obviously, we, we come to that. It's like, okay, yeah, sure. But seriously, like, the Lord may not have equipped you to do this, to replant. It's hard. Um, and I wouldn't have been able to do this without the Lord's grace, without Pastor Ryan, without my wife, without people that are, have come around us. It wouldn't have happened. We would have We would have floundered. And so you need people to be able to speak to you and for you to understand the context. So that that would be a few things that I would say to help uh, just to get started. That's super helpful, brother. We are so grateful for you, for your partnership with Covenant Hope, and we're we're thankful for the Pillar Network as well. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll do it. We want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. If you found this conversation helpful, uh, consider leaving us a five-star rating and leaving us a review. We'd love to hear any feedback Uh, that you'd be willing to give us. As always, it is our mission at the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership to equip and encourage pastors, and I hope we've done that today with our conversation. And as always, my brothers, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain.